Hello friends, it's Monday, I'm Mark Heath, I'm back after a week off. The good slash bad news is Ipswich Town is still shit, so I didn't really miss much. But here we are again, Monday morning, IO Radio Studio, the whole band is here, which of course means I have to introduce them. To my left, sporting a lovely checked shirt in his favourite colour scheme, Hotch Hogan. Hello. I've never ever had my fashion choices critiqued as heavily as in this hour of of my I don't critique them. It's just, it's just no. I very much a good look for fading you. into the black background. It's compliments. Is that what you would describe as gingham? Yes. Yeah, is that not what you just put on a tablecloth on when you're doing baking and that? Uh, yeah, I believe you can do that. Yep, it's gingham. Yeah. Um, you've um, you said the other day actually. I, I seem to remember that you've you've chucked out all your what could be described as work shirts. Yeah, I'm done with that. And you've gone casual is work now. Yep, I'm, yep. and it's working for you. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with it. All the, the work, regulation work shirts. You're a maverick. Regulation work trousers, gone. Hutchie doesn't play by the rules. Yeah, Just don't fall uh, in love with him, he'll break your heart. Very true. <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, your partner in crime, by your side at all the Ipswich Town games. At all times. occasionally in your bed, if rumours are to be believed. The doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like we can just gloss over that. <laughs> uh, Stuart Watson, how are you? Um, yeah, I'm fine. That's, um, <laughs> You've never topped and tailed come on, you're very close. We haven't, actually. I've you spend t- more time with him than you do with your own wife. Uh, not far off. Certainly in the last week, I have, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's fine. Let's just let's leave that hanging in well, the Well, you referred to each other as well as work husbands last week uh, yeah. on the podcast, which is accurate. Yeah, but... I was just trying to add a little bit of spice to it. We're like an old married couple who no longer share a bed, <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah. We're each getting, we're getting a better night's sleep out of it. Yeah. But, that's the, re- true. the respect is still there. <laughs> maybe the affection. Maybe not the the feelings of earlier. Yeah. Earlier times. Yeah. The passion has gone. You need the spark back. <laughs> but we we're too old to get it. I don't want the sp- I don't want the spark back. You're not I'm interested fine. in the spark anymore. Sparkless marriage is fine. Yeah. If the spark was there. I don't think I could even act on it. To be quite honest. <laughs> oh. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, no. Just phys- physically. <laughs> No, it's not nothing. It's not about you. It's about me. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Right. Biology. Good. Simple biology. <laughs> yeah. And the fourth member of our club, the greatest producer on planet Earth, the prospect, <laughs> producer Ross. Oh, here we go. This is because Ross may not be long for this world. He's yeah. got the sniffles. He's not got the sniffles. <laughs> Ross, what have you got? Got a very bad fever. Mm. What a else? Dry, dry cough. My bones, my muscle hurts. Your, your bones, bones and your muscles yeah. hurt. Or oh, did you just say a single muscle? Yeah. Let's cut no, to the chase. Ross thinks he's got coronavirus. Yeah. No, I don't think that. My, girlf- my girlfriend does. Yeah. She said I should ring up 111. Yeah. You, yeah. You were um, suggesting last night that you think you might. I have, yeah, I have. Or. I think I have the symptoms. I was reading up, and I have, you know, a fever. That is the that is the symptoms, though. It's basically the flu, isn't it? Coronavirus. Yeah. So, and if you have the flu, let me tell you, you wouldn't be here. You'd be in bed. Yeah. So sniffles, then. Yeah. We'll <laughs> diagnose. It would be peak Ross Hall's to be the first it person in Suffolk to contract mm. the virus. I mean that that would be you in a nutshell. Pretty yeah. Much. And uh, yeah, can I just obviously now we have someone who may well be contaminated. Can I just confirm that none of us are shaking hands? Before this uh, this Elbow, podcast, 
but we are obviously now going to spend the next hour or so breathing and coughing and spitting all over each other. Are um, we? Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do, isn't it? <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's bizarre, isn't it? That Shaking whole thing. hands stuff is absolute nonsense. Isn't it? Highlighted at Portman Road yeah. over the weekend where they banned the pre-match handshakes. Yeah. They just walked out onto the pitch, turned around and walked into their halves. Fine, I get that. But at full time, they're all shaking hands with each other. Yeah. The manager shook hands, both sets of players shook hands with the officials It's a contact each other. sport. They're, they're like, literally sweating all over each other for the whole game. Coronavirus proven to be particularly deadly if transmitted three minutes before the start of a sporting <laughs> event. Yeah. And that was why those handshakes were cancelled. Yeah. Yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. Hutchie, of course, you've had your your travel plans affected by coronavirus again. Again, you were meant to be going to uh, Juve, wasn't it? Yeah, last week. Yeah, uh, it was the was it Juve? Who were they playing? Milan in in Turin. Yeah, one of your dream venues, one of your your things to tick off. Yeah, well, but yeah, and uh, once again, your travel plans were scuppered by an act of God. Yeah, coronavirus struck down. And what was it? Storm Storm Kiera. Storm Kiera. I'll get there one day. Sad times. Roscoe, how are you? Are you okay? I'm alright. You're hanging in there. You've got a big part to play in this pod. Mm. So, just focus. <laughs> <laughs> now then, boys, um, obviously I haven't seen you for a week. How are we all? Everyone's good? Apart from Ross? Good, uh, thanks. Yes. Excellent. Let's move on to the football. It's been an utter shit show while I've been away. I've been uh, trying to keep in touch. Town have played three times uh, since I last sat in this chair. They lost to Blackpool, 2-1. They did manage to score a goal, though. Well done. Um... Then they lost 1-0 at home to Fleetwood, in which they were utterly abysmal by the sound of it. Uh, and then they lost 1-0 at home to Coventry at the weekend. So three games, three losses. Excellent form. Bottom of the form table over the last nine games. Your thoughts, please? Uh, we've done Blackpool, where yep. they pl- they played quite well. Mm-hmm. Got hit with a sucker punch at the end. The first half against Fleetwood was was absolutely dreadful. And then since then, we've kind of been judging them by that very, very low bar that they set in that first half. All second half was a bit better against Fleetwood, and um, they played quite well against Coventry, played some nice possession football. Coventry are top of the table, but two shots on target, could have played for days more and not scored, it, it felt like. Ultimately still lost, ultimately didn't score a goal. Down to 10th. I feel like we've gone back in time a year. <laughs> I feel like we've gone back to last March where teams like Reading and Nottingham Forest at the time very average championship teams were were coming to Ipswich and you kind of didn't expect you really weren't expecting a win. Then you you're judging everything on effort and spirit and mm. oh it's okay. Like it's a it's a little bit better and it it was it was better. But that isn't saying an awful lot, and it, and it does just feel like we've gone back in time a year with in terms of expectation, and that's that's really sad that it's come to that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, kind of following it from afar on Saturday, uh, Lambert's. I was proud of the boys; they gave us everything, all that sort of stuff. They played better than when we lost before. That's not a particularly good measuring stick, is it? We, yeah, we, yes, we still lost the game, but hey, we're a little bit better today, so. I have to say, Mike, I got a few pelters on Twitter afterwards because my instant reaction at the end of the game was I quite enjoyed it as a spectacle. They are trying to play possession technical stuff and as a whole, I've probably enjoyed the games more this season, even when they've been losing. And that is part of the the longer term plan and maybe it's just going to take a better calibre of of player to get there with with that. Um, They didn't have a striker, really. 
um, to play the system they were trying to play. So is it any great surprise that the goal threat wasn't there? All I would say to that is, even prior to Jackson and Norwood and Keane being out, it was the same deficiencies within the team, wasn't mm-hmm. it? So it's a really hard one at the moment. It's kind of led everyone to go from first to tenth and potentially drop into the bottom half if others win their games in hand has kind of led to a, a lot of soul-searching over this last week. And I don't think anyone truly knows the answer. There's not a, an easy, quick fix. You can't put your finger... There's a whole myriad of issues that have, have led us to this point, And it's... Um, I just think sadness is probably mm. the, the overwhelming emotion for everyone at the moment. Yeah, th- there was a, 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 rare, a rare Ipswich article on The Athletic on Saturday morning... Um, which didn't, you know, wasn't an awful lot new in there that probably everyone, everyone who's followed Ipswich really closely didn't know. Is but the headline on it was the sad story of Ipswich Town, mm. and that's that was pretty, was pretty apt really. That it's just sad, sad. Uh, anything, anything specific from Saturday uh, that's meritous of uh, of being discussed? Obviously, changed the side again quite a lot. Six changes. Mm. Um, any thoughts particularly around that, or shall we just stop talking um, about it and move on? <laughs> in terms of the team that he named, you know what, I was actually okay with it. Yeah. Like, that wasn't the issue. Um, I'm not sure if I'd have done anything different. He certainly couldn't do any mm. anything different. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, you did look at it immediately and think, there's no goal, that, that where are the goals coming from? Where's the goal threat coming from? But... He hasn't got any. Isn't got any attacking width, really. All mm. three of the front three playing out of position, you would say. So, yeah, sad. Not good. Yeah, I think we'll give Guion Ed Edwards some praise. I thought he was man of the match and had a really, really good game. We were talking about him being the the weak link at right back, a left winger playing at right back earlier in the season, and um, but he had a really good game both defensively. And going forwards, especially in the in the second half, um, made some really important interventions in his own box. Tried to drive at people going forwards. I know Cole Skews splits opinion, but I thought he had his best game in, in a little while. Coming back into the team, did the usual sort of tidying up, but also tried to get a little bit more advanced at time and played positive passes. So there were there were some nice little patterns of play, but. I feel like we've been saying this for a little while now that it's all it's all in their own half. It's all on the halfway line, and then when they hit that final third, and you have to suddenly, at the click of a finger, switch up the tempo and go a little bit quicker to kind of dissect and dice and make something happen. They don't seem to be able to do that. It's all a bit ponderous and predictable, and I think that maybe goes back to Ipswich not looking like a, a team uh, deep into the season now. A lot of those relationships on the field should be telepathic the style of play all of that the stuff that other other teams we've seen with Coventry and Fleetwood look well rehearsed mm. cohesive units and and Ipswich don't look like that and and I guess ultimately that that comes back on the manager yeah yeah I think I have some sympathy with Lambert in recent weeks in terms of there were some games they deserved more for Lots of players unavailable, but I think I think it's kind of beginning. You're beginning to see the well, more than beginning to see. It's pretty clear the damage that the rotation and not find particularly actually not finding a, a preferred system and pattern of pattern of play. Kind of October, November time. I think I think those 
those mistakes are, are coming home to roost. And all, all I would say on the rotation, looking back on it, and I think we were all quite critical of it at the time. This is not in hindsight, but I'm almost, as time has gone on, I've kind of thought, well, maybe the rotation happened because he didn't, everyone was much of a muchness in his squad and nobody was really, if anyone had really stuck their hand up and been excellent game after game, he wouldn't have been rotating them out. It wasn't ever like informed players were, were being rotated out. So maybe it's, the players just haven't done it. Players, you know. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. There, there is an element of that and we sometimes too easy to sort of look, overlook that sometimes that, that players that we expected more from haven't done it. And if ultimately they had done it, maybe we wouldn't, wouldn't have got to this point as well, but I don't know. It's a difficult one. Manager, players, ultimately we go back to the owner has been the overriding sort of man in charge throughout throughout this decline. How long have you got? Well, we're going to come on to that in a little bit. I want to get deep into not so much how we've got here, uh, because we talked about that a lot, but where we go from here is what interests me, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Ross, because you're not feeling very well today, I've got a feeling we might get some straight fire out of you in the booth. Um, what did you make of Saturday's display and, and the general situation that town find themselves in? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do that little that little noise before you speak every time today. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, as, as Lou said, I, I actually enjoyed the game. Yeah. For, you know, for once, I didn't enjoy Fleetwood, but I enjoyed mm. it wasn't as bad as Fleetwood. Um, I just I felt when Coventry scored, they were happy with a 1-0 mm. lead. We weren't going to we're playing pretty serious up front on his own mm. at home. We were, ne- we were never going to score. Mm. Never going to score. The only way we're going to score is if we're just going to hit somebody's ass and go in. <laughs> basically. Um, and how about the situation in general? As a, as a, a fairly rabid Ipswich Town fan, you what's what's your emotion? Sad, angry, disappointed. That's the worst, isn't it? I'm just disappointed. You've been hanging around football too much. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it's it happened, is. Basically, yeah. Here we go um, again. Yeah, pretty much. You know, injuries. You know that happens in football. Yeah, rotation, all that jazz. Just it's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is. Okay, I'm over it now. <laughs> I think when, it, when we had that slump, that first slump, I just went, oh, oh well. That's the worrying thing to me, though, is this kind of apathy, isn't it? Acceptance. Yeah. is a word that people have been talking Which is about. Perfectly illustrated there. Yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, oh, everyone's still, just got sort rubbish. of com- comfortably numb by the whole yeah. situation now. It's almost just like, well, it's sip switch. That's kind of the trajectory we're on, mate. We kind of all maybe thought this was was happening, and yeah. I don't know. You just clapped them off when they got relegated. That yeah. sort of like proves that actually, well, oh, well you know, we got relegated. Oh well, oh, sorry, boys. Oh, you know, well done. It was unusual, obviously. Yeah. Well, they've admitted the players admitted. Luke Chambers and all of them have said that we got away with absolute murder. I, I don't think they could really get their head around the mm. the reception they were getting as they went towards relegation, and I don't think they could really argue. There's been a lot of debate about the crowd for the last few games, whether it was toxic, poisonous, whatever word you want to use for the Fleetwood game. I was having a chat with with Kieran Dyer about this in in the week, and he was saying Portman Road does not get toxic. You know, he played for Newcastle, we played for West Ham. Those are the sort of places where it gets toxic. And I, I know Lambert then talked about he used the sort of Eric Dyer incident as a bit of a shorthand to talk about you know society and as a whole and there's a culture of hate and no other sport has it like football and and they're all valid points you know that but Portman Road doesn't get 
bad, I don't think. You know, a few boos at the full-time whistle, a few ironic cheers, a few sarcastic chants. It, it's not a cauldron of hate in there when things get, get bad. That's the, wor- the If you're then talking about players not coping with it, that's that's worrying then, isn't it? If they're not they're not coping with kind of that level of expectancy and that level of that level of of crowd frustration, imagine. But there's a reason they're not playing at higher levels, aren't? Isn't there? Mm. But isn't that why part of the reason why you you play sport in the first place is to get to a point where you, people expect great things of you, and if you're then shriveling and and curling up in a corner because people think Ipswich Town should be competing for promotion in League One. That's very worrying indeed. There's a there's a big difference though between kind of rising up through through the leagues and getting to Shrewsbury who mm. overachieve in front of six thousand and and kind of backs against the walls doing it against the odds. I I, I do get that there's a difference mm. and that's and that's where sort of the makeup of the Ipswich squad is a concern because there's a significant part of it that's made up in that way. Yeah, it's as much to do about character as it is about quality this season and, and how it's kind of derailed the way it has done, mm. to be honest. And I think the, the management team are, are aware of that and that will be a big factor in recruitment in the summer. Mm. And I hate to keep sort of going back to Mick, but that was something that Mick McCarthy always got spot on. If you haven't got the money to sign quality, that make sure you've got the, the character to, to get you through and, and and it became something that people joked about you know like you say yeah. proper blokes and but you know people like Waghorn and Garner had come down from Rangers and, and Lambert keeps talking about dealing you know he's he can deal with it because he's had the old firm derby I've seen videos of Martin Waghorn getting hounded in the street mm, by yeah. kids and stuff like that you know these mm. This this current squad here hasn't had to deal with, you know, even the experienced guys like Chambers and Scoos have been here for a long time now, haven't had, you know, have been within Sleepy Suffolk and the, everything that sort of come, comes with that. How many of them have experienced bigger pressures than Ipswich Town? Mm. Maybe Chambers at Forest in his Forest yeah. days would have got that, but... I guess even even Bristol City for something, someone like Scoos is the kind of home the hometown boy... I don't know what Bristol was like. Was like then, kind of League One, lower, lower end Championship. That there wasn't an expectation there, was there? There's not, no. not many, not many at all. Yeah, players that have played for for Gillingham and Accrington and Shrewsbury, with with the greatest respects. It's you know, as that's why Paul keeps saying, a lot of these players are dealing with this for mm. for the very first time, and um, and it's shown. Yeah, I think it particularly um was apparent in the Fleetwood game in midfield, wasn't it? When you look at Glenn Whelan and Paul Coots and then in that game jo- John Nolan was missing in action in that game, wasn't he, for much of it. Um they're the kind of players that it's that I think I think the management team here would would want. Mm. But they found it. Well, on found the flip it hard side of it, Alan Judge has been an Ireland international. Will Keane's been come through the Manchester United youth set up and played for other clubs. I mean you you go through that Garbutt's been been at Everton and, and Played a few games for them, so they should they shouldn't be. It's not an excuse to say that the pressure is too much for them. You're playing for for Ipswich Town in League One. You know, do me a favour. Well, what are these external pressures? A bit of social media, the odd player ratings from Andy Warren, or the odd. <laughs> it's not the greatest pressure verdict in the world, piece is it? from from Stuart Watson. I mean, like who who else is putting all this external pressure? You haven't got Sky TV. You haven't got national newspapers and radio talking about you all that much it's come on 
yeah, but my, my, going back to my original point, if you're an athlete of any kind of standing, you should you should want that pressure. You should embrace that pressure. That's why you do it to have that kind of pressure and expectation on you. It shouldn't be a case of oh, people are saying this, that, and the other about me. I've got to go out there and perform, and I can't if people too many people are moaning at me. It's just it's just just silly, in my opinion. Ross, can I say even though you're not very well today, you've got something of the Ant Middleton about you. The, the beard is popping. Mm. Thank you. Anyway, um, we've had a bit of a chat about what's happened and, and why it's happened. We're going to get into very much what happens next and where we go in a minute. Obviously, that's going to be quite heavy. That was quite heavy. So we have, let's have a small nonsense interlude with, uh, with an MBQ. Mark's big question. Question. Uh, where are we? Um, Andrew Warren. Mark Heath. Please pick a number between 1 and 30. I'm going to pick 19 for COVID-19 <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, number 19 is the TV show you'd most want to have a go at. Gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now that is something I'd like to see. What the original I'd version? I'd love to see talking. you having a bosh at the travelator at the yeah. end. I'd, I'd like to I'd see back you... myself on the travelator. There are other disciplines I would Hang not. Tough. Absolutely not. I want to see you take on Shadow at the Pugil <laughs> Stick. He, he, he shouldn't be allowed to do that anymore. Well, he's not. No. But he, he was very heavily on roids. He was. He? His eyes were literally um, yellow. Whoa, whoa. <clears throat> we don't want any kind of. Uh, no, 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 no. That's okay. Is that fact? Yeah, yeah, that's okay, fact. That's yeah. That's all right. Shadow was right. Any questions then? I'm ready to take. I'll take. I'll take questions. What did you just call it? The pugil sticks. Pugil sticks. That's what they were, weren't they? That's what they were called. Yeah. Were they? Yeah. I can't remember what was it called. Jewel, that particular. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, what I knew it as. Yeah. Contenders, (laughs) ready. Have I told you he used to coach my mum, John Anderson? Did he? Yeah. Three. When she was an athlete. One. (laughs) Yeah. She had a worst year of her career under John Anderson. Um, But anyway, he went on and made a career for himself elsewhere. He did all right, didn't he? So, uh, what would you relish on Gladiators? Where would Um, you put yourself? Particularly want to play the game that was basically like playing. Some kind of handball where you had to try and get the balls in the bu- in the bucket. Oh, that was awesome. It was like rugby, wasn't it? Run into the middle. And yeah, I'd be well up for that. The one yeah. where they had the little gun and the, the gladiator uh, was trying to shoot you. Yeah. I'd be up for that. Um, the the wall would be a struggle, <laughs> uh, as would hang tough. Um, and I would be absolutely fine on the travelator at the end if I was able to make it that far. Yeah. around the course. Yeah. Any more questions? Uh, I'd wh- like the one where you had to run through and they're all trying to block oh, you. Oh, uh, what was that called? Gauntlet. Oh, Gauntlet. Gauntlet, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I'd use my spin move. Also, yeah, I reckon you'd do all right at that, you know. Low centre of gravity. Low centre of gravity, yeah. The, the rhino. He was He was always at the start of that. The, yeah. The right. The, he was a gladiator, wasn't he? Rhino, rhino yeah. Yeah. He was a kind of uh, guy who was about as tall as he was wide. Sort of thing. I yeah. think you'd have rhino qualities. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. You'd want to, you, I'd want to sort of compete hang tough against Jet, though, or something like that. <laughs> I think she'd get you. Oh, she when, would get when, me. When they kind Let of, me tell you. <laughs> when, when she kind of gets to you on the rings, yeah. and then she leaves the rings herself, yeah, and, and she just, just hangs, onto, hangs you. onto you, and yeah. drags. You just enjoy ev- that, wouldn't you? Ever so often, <laughs> every so often, she would fall. She would just fall. Li- and then leave someone hanging on one <laughs> one ring, and they couldn't move. Who was your uh, favourite gladiator? She'd fall quite seductively, wouldn't she? Oh, she'd sort of all like the time, yeah. And get up and do the hair flick. Yeah, the hair flick, yeah. Who was your favourite gladiator? Jet, obviously. Um, for a, for a boy who was my age at that time, why? Because uh, she was 
incredibly attractive. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked her. Yeah. I also liked Cobra. Yeah. Oh, which one was Cobra? Was he the guy that did the all blonde the, guy, wasn't the spinning yeah. kicks and stuff? He was he was a good all-round gladiator. Yeah. Yeah, he had he had ability. I met someone um on the circuit. <laughs> I know, uh, I know, I know who, who is who say. is the brother of Wolf. He's a sports yes. journalist who's um PA? Yeah, I think he does PA, yeah. yeah. Uh, cuz Wolf now lives in Australia, doesn't he or something? Does he? Runs his own gym. In New Zealand, I He's think. He's called what's his name? Van something. Van right? Wick. Van Wick, that's it. Jim Van Wick. Uh, Jim, Jim might be the guy on the Jim circuit. Jim the PA guy? Yeah. Is it Andy Van Wick? I think Jim's the, yeah. the journo. Roscoe, do you have any idea what we're talking about, Gladiators? From I've heard of it. From the I, mid-90s. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know And of course, it, they brought it back for two series with uh, with Ian Wright, didn't they, on Sky? That was, that was uh, not great. Yeah. Not great. I'd do catchphrase, by the yeah? way. Yeah? Why? Michael Van Wick. Michael Van Wick. I'd just, I'd just back myself. Mr. Chips. Say yeah. what you the, see. The Mind. <laughs> uh, do you need do you need the mind to compete in catchphrase? The mind, yes. You As do. Andy says, say what you see. I also really like Stephen Mulhern. I think he's superb. So uh, I'd enjoy. I'd you enjoy. Prefer him there. over um, what's his name? Jim Walker. Yeah. Yes. My father. No, Roy Walker. Roy Walker. Roy Walker. Jimmy Walker is the Ipswich Town goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, <coach. laughs> that would be a show. <laughs> My father-in-law thinks Stephen Mulhern is a, a jumped-up little twerp. Oh, he feels the need to say it every time he's on telly. I think he's superb. I think he's brilliant. Um, he's done. He's done well to make the jump from children's TV magician, yeah. to kind of Saturday night staple. But he's created this kind of this this kind of character for himself, hasn't he? About this kind of guy who um, is almost just a, a parody of himself, someone who uh, has a huge ego and thinks he's great. But I think he's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. So catchphrase for you, <laughs> well, Roscoe. Very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have three. Three? Yeah. Okay. One physical and then two... Mental. Just, yeah. It's okay. not crystal maze, mate. No, 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 no. So what's the physical one? Total Wipeout. What's that? that? What's that? You don't know what Total Wipeout is? Is that like... Um, it's like an obstacle course. Obstacle course, course, basically. There's big balls you have to jump on. What's the like Japanese one? Oh, Takeshi's Castle, yeah. Yeah, yeah something similar to that. Ninja Warrior. Yeah, Richard Hammond presented it. Did he? The guy from Top Gear. Yeah. Um, the other two is Golden Balls by <laughs> Jasper Carrot. Oh, what yeah. is that? Yeah. You've not seen that infamous... <laughs> video about is that the one where you have to do steel at the end yeah, yeah steel, steel, or steel basically yeah. um you just have blows you have 100 balls in front of you and then you just have to open every time you have to take your turn open up and there's money yeah and at the end if you're last two you then decide split or steal you can go like, oh you know we can split this you know this is a pay for my holiday yeah and then you can just go ah joking still and he steals all the money ah and then the other one is deal or no deal why not? Of course. Easy. The classic. got to pick boxes, didn't you? Really? The brilliance of that mm. show was convincing people there was some skill involved in a game of complete <laughs> yeah. chance. Is that still going? I don't uh, think so. I don't think no. So. No. I would have gone on there and just done it in order. One, one. to 22. That's basically <laughs> that is as good a chance as any, isn't it? Surely. <laughs> yeah. There is a complete game of chance. The game, I, the, the show I really want to go at is Hunted. Have you seen that? Yeah. Uh, where you basically go on the run um, and try and outwit former, former police officers and stuff and they hunt you down. Uh, I think that would be great fun. I'd really like to do that. Why don't you just do it? Well, Commit a crime. <laughs> get, you don't need to go on more, TV. A slightly more serious you'd version. More, you'd probably have um, more options that way because I bet there's lots of silly things that you have to do as part of Hunted. Yeah, like, well, you have to have a cameraman following everywhere. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't help. Doesn't help, does In it? an ideal scenario, when you're fleeing. he wouldn't be there. Exactly. Just do it. Uh, Petty, would you do S- um, S- um, SAS? <sighs> I just no. said they brought Ant up, I mean, you know, about my beard. I like, I love that show. Don't get me wrong, That's but I think, uh, like, I wouldn't get past the first bit. If yeah. it involves swimming, uh, I'm screwed. 
freezing cold. <coughs> you know, a swimmer? Yeah. No, I'm a terrible swimmer. There was a bit this this uh, was it this year where they chucked him off a boat to start off with, and said yeah. swim to the shore. I I just drown. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm For, not doing fatality. It. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'd love to have a go at stuff like that, and I think everyone would. <clears throat> but I think the reality of it would be horrendous. Horrendous. What would your hunted tactic be? Uh, go completely feral. <laughs> go into a wood somewhere and live. Like See, an I, don't know I don't think they'd let you do that. On the they TV. would. They, they seem. Can. They seem to make you move. Like move every day. No, no. Go the, the else. You get to a checkpoint, don't you? The people who do the best generally disappear. They become the grey man or grey woman and go and live either uh, kind of in fields, in tents and stuff. Get completely off the grid. I think that's what I'd do. Do they make? I think they make you go and see family at least once, though. They, uh, they certainly encourage it. There's you're always, an idiot if you do. Yeah, that. there's always some idiot who goes yeah. to try and that, and that's well, where they get us. I'm going to go and get something from my laptop from my mum's. Yeah, house. exactly. Don't do that. And then of course you have the thing at the end where you have to get to a certain rendezvous, and that's obviously going to be the uh, the pressure point if you can last that long. An airfield in Kent. I'd love yes. it. Imagine us four going on the run together. It'd be tremendous. We'd lose Ross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I like it though. Should we do? Let's just do it. Yeah. We can still do the pod. The pod on the run. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Breathlessly from a field. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Day What's five. that? Yeah. <laughs> Mark has gone completely paranoid. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. Okay, right. That's enough nonsense. Let's get back into the serious stuff. Mm. Okay. We can carry on talking about nonsense if you want, my uh, friend. No, we should probably do. We should before. do what what I find really interesting about about the current town predicament is not so much how it's happened because we talked about that and, and who's responsible and to a certain extent, you know, everyone has to carry the can. But for me, what's interesting is where do we go from here? Now, Stu, you wrote an excellent. I know I say this often on here. You wrote an excellent verdict, but I really do think yesterday's verdict was your uh, your finest piece probably this season. Um, which was kind of written around where do we go from here and and Marcus Evans ultimately do you have the, the faith in him to make the right choices so uh, let's start with let's start with you where did Ipswich Town go from here give us all the answers please we're going to Bristol Rovers okay yes yes alright <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man I think if you were looking at the overarching person that's kind of overseen this decline, you go straight to the top. I think standards are set from the top, and I think Marcus Evans has to be the, the first portal call that you, you're looking at, without doubt. He's been the one constant throughout all of this. So then, so then the question is thus. Does he need to? Does he need to leave Ipswich Town Football Club for them to progress? It's all very well saying get out of our club, etc. But it's it's not as simple as that. You've got to have buyers, and there's not, as he said himself in in the interview last year, there's not exactly a, a line of people beating a path up the A12 to Portman Road to take it off his hands at the moment. What what are the assets of Ipswich Town at the moment? They don't own the land that the ground's on. He's got the training ground, and then the playing assets. And that's about it. Um, he would, I think, he would. From my chats with with him off the record, he'd he'd wipe out the debt. I don't, you know. But the the sticking point would be how much he wants in terms of clauses for future success. So, 
I think we've discussed this on one before, haven't we? So that that would be the sticking point that he might say, right, I'll basically give it to you for, for nothing, but if you were to get promoted or if you were to reach the Premier League in X, I want a cut of that. Now, perhaps if you were a buyer, you'd be saying, no, you've you've had your chance. If I have success, that's this is my risk now. I'm taking it on. So I think that might be the sticking point. But from what I gather, I don't think it's ever got to that stage with negotiations. Now, Marcus could... The, the danger is Marcus could get very... If the protests against him get too loud and he feels like his money's just disappearing year on year, he might just actually say, sod it, I'll just give give this away to the first Johnny come lately that comes along. And do you want him to give it? What if the club ends up in the hands of a Bassini character, for example, who Bolton had all their problems with, or the guy who went to Bury oh, and yeah. completely <clears throat> messed them up? You know that that would be. And then we're back to the old "be careful what you wish for" phrase, aren't you? But the ramifications of this one. Mm. Is far bigger than than uh, than changing your manager. I should, of course, before you you jump in there, uh, Hutchie. I should, of course, asked at the start of this piece: Do we all in this room now accept that town season is fucked? Basically, it's over. In terms, because, of, because until recently, you were still both saying you thought they'd get into the top six. Yeah, they've lost. <coughs> three, they've lost three games yeah. in that time. Um, I can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't see them making the playoffs now, can you? Certainly not. No. But in terms of the season being done I think there's an awful lot to kind of still mm. play for I think I think this the season's going to end in what many most will perceive as failure but I think it could set the tone for what comes absolutely yeah for what comes next mm. so in in terms of the season being done it absolutely isn't it's just mm. they've already almost certainly failed mm. but yeah there's a there's a lot the tone of how this goes forward I think can be set largely over what's left mm. Roscoe when we were having this chat on uh, on the WhatsApp group last night um, one of the I think it was Stewie said I want to hear Ross's five points for the future <laughs> and the people to be fair want to hear more of you so okay. you're, you're, you are amongst us the most rabid Ipswich Town fan mm. you have five points for the future please present them we're calling them Deck the Halls <coughs> a five point manifesto for the future of Ipswich Town some you won't agree with, some will be controversial. That's the idea. But standard. Get involved. Um, first point, controversial. Yeah. Get rid of Luke Chambers, basically. <sighs> but that's not going to happen, so move on that now. I think Chambers, leader, all right. But for me, I think he you know, he just controls the football club, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, Le- not, he's not actually any good as a <laughs> player, I'm sorry. But since I've been watching town, like, mm. I got my season ticket back in the 2013-14 season. Um, and... I've always been his biggest critic, really. Like, mm. I, you know, I loved he used to love his fist pumps. You know, I used to go yeah and all that jazz. We loved that. Mm. But in terms of a player, I never rated him. Um, you know, I think he doesn't get as much stick. I know this is going to be a controversial one, mm. but he doesn't get much stick because, for the women's side of it, oh. he's an attractive man. He's a good-looking man. Good-looking man. So yeah. I think I know a lot of um, town girl fans who just they love him most likely because. He's an attractive man. Yeah, he is um, a good-looking man, and that makes me hate him. Yeah. <laughs> no. But seriously, on that point, before mm. we move on, number one point, I think that's a really important point. I would, I would be inclined to agree with you there. Mm. Let me make a statement to the boys who, who cover the team day in, day out, and have done for years. If I said this to you, Luke Chambers is part of the problem at town. He's not part of the solution. What would you say to that? I think it's hard for a 34-year-old to be a massive part of the solution. It's clear mm. that his, his playing days haven't got years and years left in them. Um, but he we've, we've good, said he wasn't good when he was thirty. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I'd, <laughs> di- I'd disagree with that, mm-hmm. to be honest. 
I feel sorry for him. We had to play at right back for all them years, but I still don't think he was any good. We've said before on this podcast that Luke Chambers has an extraordinary <laughs> level of um, kind of, uh, uh, what's the Influence. word? Influence yeah. and power at Ipswich Town, far above and beyond what a normal <laughs> football captain would have. And therefore, we know he was part of the Get Hurst Out campaign, all that sort of stuff. Um, and ultimately, obviously, he even has young players living with him as, as well. So he sets the standards at town. There's no doubt about that. Um, and is well, he, part, as a result it, of that, is that part of the problem? Is he not setting the standards high enough? I, no, I don't. I would disagree with that fundamentally. I think mm-hmm. if anyone's setting high standards, mm-hmm. it's, it's Luke Chambers. And it's not through... I think if there's an issue there with Luke, it would be something that it's not that he's trying to cause. It's probably through trying too hard. Trying too hard, It's because he's so intense, because he cares so much. And that's not... When you see him going off covering his face after games like we did on Tuesday night, was it? You know, that's not fake. You know, he cares. He's been at this club a long time. I don't say he doesn't care. I just don't. No, uh, no, and it's it's a valid debate. It's absolutely Mm. a valid debate. But I think maybe he... Guilty of sort of doing too much sometimes and being too intense and trying to take on things that are probably beyond his remit as captain sometimes, yeah. which can have knock-on effects. And if you're talking about this being a transitional period for Ipswich Town now, there is absolutely a case in the same way that we talked about Mick reaching the end of his natural cycle with with the club. The same can be said of, of captains at times. And he said himself, the minute my voice, the minute I sense that people are not responding to me the way they used to, that my voice has got too boring, then then he'd have to consider that. Um, I'd, I'd also say that if we're talking about him taking on too much, maybe stepping into areas you wouldn't expect a captain to, I think that just highlights one of the fundamental issues that the club's had for some time, in that there's a void for the captain needing to step in to mm. do these things, yeah. and a lack of a lack of leadership in roles kind of away away from the football manager, be it Mick McCarthy, Paul Hurst, Paul Lambert, the fact that the captain is needing to step into these positions and take on that kind of position within the club, uh, like, oh, sorry, <laughs> away, from, away from his playing commitments is, is, a, is a worry. That's a really good point, and you could say that across a number of positions at the club. Is the manager trying to do stuff that goes beyond the manager's remit when he's talking about painting... Exactly. You know, doing up the stadium and doing stuff at the training ground and all Community that. Community trust. Yeah, like, do you, do you manager. really want your manager? You want your manager focused on the first team, don't you? Not not having to take on stuff like that. Do you want your... Uh, I wrote about Leo Neal in the piece I did yesterday. Leo Neal has had a, an, an epic rise from... And this isn't um, knocking him at all, but to go from school teacher to general manager of a football club in the space of however many years is a big rise for him and it will be mm. a steep learning curve and... That's not me knocking him at all, and I think Leo Neal is is a top top man, and I think he could become, you know, Ipswich's Stuart Webber with with time and with ex, with experience. But give the man the best chance of doing the job. I mean, for example, I tried to speak to Lee on the Sunday after the Blackpool game. He said, "Sorry, I'm in I'm in Paris. I'm scouting a youth team tournament today." Now, that's that speaks volumes about your scouting setup. You shouldn't have your general manager jetting from Blackpool to, to Paris to do that when there's there's far bigger issues at play that he should be focusing on. So and he's still managing the academy. That Those are two full-time jobs, yeah. <laughs> and he's doing both of them. And mm. Scouting and, and sports science and loads of stuff that he's still trying to do. And this is a, mass, this is a massive issue for me, and, and we've spoken about this many times, and by appointing Lee, albeit in a job that he's 
there's far too much on the plate, it's it's a step up from what was there before in terms of people who, in terms of football, were were not on it. They mm. were not they were not plugged in. I know this has drifted from Luke Chambers and his fine. and his kind of rid. his playing and uh, and him being moved out of the club. That's the point that that Ross is making. But I think mm. it. I think Luke Chambers he does exemplify kind of what in many ways many problems that the club has had in that he's felt the need mm. and has had the space to take on too much mm. he shouldn't there shouldn't have been the space for him to do it my my main concern with, with chambers is just the power that he wields you know the the fact that he he you know when people sign for the club he adds them to a whatsapp group you're now in luke's club thou must not piss luke off because it's his club essentially what if you think he's you know, you don't get on with the guy, or you're out. Exactly. Is, is that not is that not a good thing? <coughs> no, that I don't he's think doing so. That as no. the captain, no, I don't think so. I think you know, during good times, people were that was all of suddenly the thing that people were holding Luke up to be, you know, mm. a top captain who welcomes people to the club, who who does the this, that, and the other. So I think it's difficult to use that as a stick to beat him with now. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it's just. Things come to a natural natural end, and maybe there's not there's too much fallen on too few shoulders, and he needs other captains within that team. You can't just have one captain within mm. a football club. You need captains in all areas of the pitch, and this goes back right back to what we're saying at the start that it's about character this season. It's about leaders, and there's not been enough. We hope that sort of James Norwood would be a kind of a mini mini captain at the top end of the pitch. He's not been available enough. He's, he's a big personality mm. behind the scenes, but has obviously had his own yeah. stuff to deal with. Well, Luke gravitated to him very quickly, didn't he? Because that they get on well, because he because he recognised him as a voice that could could help. I do think Luke recognises mm. recognises that that maybe there are more voices needed than, than just his. I don't think it's a, a dictatorship okay. by any by okay. any stretch. Okay, well that was interesting, Ross. The first point got us talking a lot, so. I won't take away from him. He's a you know great role model for the younger kids, even the fans. I won't take that away from him. Yeah. Um, oh, listen, yeah. Uh, you know Luke mm. Chambers has a lot of very very good yeah, points. Yeah, my right, yeah. my whole concern about him is, as I said, the power he exerts, mm. and has he got too much, and is he willing to accept challenges to that authority? Um, so that's that's point number one. Number two, um, you mentioned Leo Neal was going scouting in Paris. I think mm-hmm. that's one for me to look at. Is actually scouting. Like I look at some teams. In our league, like Dembele or Peterborough, like he came, I think from Scotland or whatever. Mm. Like, why aren't we? You know, what what's our scouting? What are they actually doing? Mm. You know, they've been able to scout. You know, Dobra and Idris El Mazouni and stuff like that. You know, Tori Simpson recently. But I feel we've in the last few years we haven't really scouted very well. What is the scouting setup now? Is Dave Bowman still involved? Yeah. So this this is another issue, really. Uh, from what I understand, that Dave, I mean, that's why Leo Neal is general manager of football operations because I think Dave Bowman is technically still employed as. Their director of, of football, but he was—he's very much a man that's aligned with with Mick McCarthy. Didn't he only get that title because they made their chief scout redundant, so he couldn't have? Am, am I right in saying that's that? basically it? So yeah, he, he couldn't w- have that job title. Now Lee can't have the job title that is probably befitting of him. Exactly. <laughs> so that, that's that speaks volumes. But yeah, D- Dave is still employed, from what I gather, but not not used because I think Paul Lambert is um, resistant to use people that have got links to the past and so you know Dave Bowman has has got incredible contacts especially within Premier League clubs and uh, he's involved with the Nike Nike Academy he you know he would have been behind them getting people like Selena and people like that of the past and um, 
you know, there's other people associated with the club that have got some good contacts, and I, and I think maybe Paul Lambert's been a little bit resistant to to use those at, at times. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the scouting thing goes goes right back, doesn't it? That you know, Mick kind of his recruitment was very much based on you know players that he'd worked with mm. before or his eye. yeah, and um, I, I'm not sure. You know, you look up the road at Norwich mm. and where they're recruiting from and you, you've got to be a little bit smarter with your, mm. your recruitment these days haven't yeah. you yeah I'd say even beyond the, the, Bowman, the Bowman thing's valid I can see why I can see why Lambert wouldn't want to use someone that's aligned with another manager but then I also think that that's you know you're cutting your nose off a little bit there by not using what's available but I think beyond that the scouting isn't is something they're looking to, to broaden mm. but you're a bit naive to not you if 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 you're if you've recognised that there's not a massive scouting network in place, you're maybe a bit naive to not use the resource that actually is mm. is there. Okay, point number three, Roscoe. Just injuries. Yeah, you know, I don't know what. Ah, uh, I think Jim Kemry's a good fitness coach. He sounds like a good fitness coach, but like injury-wise, we've had so many injuries this season and beyond. Basically, mm. um, definitely with like James Nord and Cambridge and Young. I think. You know, we rush back, came Vincent Young. I'm sure doctors or whoever the physio like, like, do they talk to Paul Lambert? <laughs> do they? It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because when Paul Hurst came in, there was a whole move towards sports science and you know um, monitoring players and all that sort of stuff. But I've always had two in like two <coughs> surgeries because um, he was like I had injury in the summer or something when he was at Tranmere, and then he played a few games in the season, and then they went, oh, we need to give you a surgery. Then mm. he got another injury. How do they? sort of find it, detect it and stuff. Mm. You know. I guess, uh, without obviously I, I don't know how things work at town, but there could potentially be an issue between uh, the manager's attitude towards that kind of new age sort of stuff. and Because and, obviously Mick McCarthy was always very much of a, well, I can see if he's all right or not. I don't need anyone telling me, that kind of thing. Yeah, so, Mick, Mick was always of the opinion that a player knows whether he's fit or mm. not, and I'll go on the player's opinion. And funnily enough, that's how kind of Paul Lambert reacted to the Will Keane one at the mm. weekend. That Will tells me he's injured, so I, I have to trust in that um, a player knows if he's fit or not. So mm. that that would be sort of seen as the old school mentality. And then the whole, you're right, the start of the Hurst era, there was a big, big emphasis on. I think that was a big part of the reason that Paul Hurst got the job. Actually, mm. it was because his. You know, he was so open-minded to, to sports science and GPS vests and whether players are in the red zone or not and all, and all that sort of stuff. And he brought mm. in um, Chris Skitt and uh, Nathan, Nathan Winder, Winder, people like that. Um, Nathan is current. In, sorry to butt him. Mm. Nathan's currently like quite high up in the in the medical department at Sheffield United now. Is he um, keeping David yeah. Goldrick on yeah. the pitch? <laughs> he's he's um, very well thought of. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that uh, when Paul Hurst went, I kind of thought. I, I didn't really understand if, if that was part of the whole Evans overview is that we're going down this route now. Fair enough if you thought Paul Hurst wasn't up to it, but surely those sort of people stay stay mm. in situ if you've hired them for a reason. Um, Nathan Winder wasn't even particularly associated with, with Paul no. Hurst, was he, when he no. arrived? So I don't... He'd I been don't... at Leeds with Heckingbottom, I think. Prior, yeah, prior. so I don't, you know, I don't know why you have then chop and change those those sort of people behind the scenes. But I don't know. They, injuries happen. They've had a lot of bad luck with them. Ones like Nidam tackling a game, you know, cruciate knee ligament injuries. Mm. There's not a lot you can do to do that. It's just the muscle ones that Ross talks about, like you said, with a lot of groin injuries at the moment, like, stuff like, like that. Back injury. 
Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think they may have maybe rushed him back in, in the summer, maybe. I don't mm. know. I don't know. The That's a concern, isn't it, for a young lad who's, yeah. who's obviously got quite a serious injury by the look of it. Do you know if they use things like cryotherapy and all that sort of stuff yeah. in the town? They do. Yeah, they get in like a, it's a portable sort of cabin that arrives yeah. on a Monday, especially when they're yeah. in between the sort of midweek games. Yeah. Okay. I've not seen it for a while. I used to enjoy when we went up there for press stuff and the cryotherapy van you'd be right at home in cryotherapy I would love to have a go you'd be in there for a day you see Luke (laughs) Luke Chambers like coming out in basically a pair of shorts and oven gloves essentially and a mask and stuff you can't of course talk about cryotherapy without talking about Antonio Brown and his uh, his incredible injury that he suffered he didn't wear any shoes yeah and therefore his entire feet became blisters (laughs) (laughs) literally got frostbite (laughs) on his feet on the bottom of his feet and he's no longer playing American football brilliant for other other reasons Um, crazy point number four Roscoe just we're not famous anymore, basically. Just what does that mean? We're in League One now. Well, we won the FA Cup, won the UEFA Cup, won the league title yeah. in '61. But an acceptance of Town's place in the game yeah, now. Yeah, League One. Like, we're still a big club, mm. but I, you know, sometimes I, oh, no, I use it, I do on this day, you know, for our Instagram page and yeah, stuff. Because yeah. you know, you always look back to the past and stuff. But sometimes yeah. some people use it to people, you know, like to Norwich fans or whatever. But I just think we're not. Famous and what like Lambert brings up all the time. Like, yeah, we're a big club, you know, we've got that great history, but we can't really use it anymore to, for an excuse. We're 10th in League One. Mm. That's what Lambert says, isn't it? He yeah. says they need to write their own yeah, history, so. their own chapter of it. I'll give you a little insight into you know, I think Paul Lambert has had various people in his office and tried to sort of explain the, the things that he's up against. And I think he's he'll go through his squad and respectfully point out where. A lot of the players had come from, as we said earlier, you know, you've got players from Accrington, Shrewsbury, he's from League Two, he's from League One. And then he'll point to the pictures on the wall of, of Robson and Ramsey and the, and the disconnect between those two things has probably created the the pinch point that we're, that we're at now. And um, Ian Holloway, I, I remember him, he would always be one that he'd mm. come to Portman Road and really sort of a great club this, great club this. It was almost like he was putting in his... His future application. Yeah, someone just else has been doing that recently. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So, what? have I missed? He's this? referring oh. Mr. 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 Warnock. Mr. Warnock. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Fair so, but, but Holloway was of the opinion: if I ever came here, first thing I'd do is take down, take down a lot of this, you know, all, all the history and all of that. And it's it's a tough one because do you embrace it or do you distance yourself from it a little bit? And Paul's gone the way of embracing it and trying to use it as a something powerful and um it's important to to recognize your history but on the other side of things ross is right you know there needs to be an acceptance of and maybe that is now dawning on everybody that this could be a mm. a bit of a, a lengthy a lengthy journey and get our head around that if it's, we if we sorry it's on. possible to do both isn't it mm. isn't it be be real about about where it is now, but still enjoy, still be proud of, still be proud yeah. of what's gone before. I don't, I don't see those two things as like mutually exclusive, particularly. Yeah. But like, I, I still read comments about this this horrible League One that's rubbish and there's no good teams in it, and we've got to start stop looking yeah. down our nose at you know Ipswich are in this league and they're in the middle of this league at the moment, and there are some good players in here. You know, and let's not start talking about it as being this horrible long ball kick and rush division. I've seen some good footballers in this this division. Mm. Earlier in the season, we weren't thinking it's you know the, it's not great quality. But I look at uh, Bar, Bar Laser at Rotherham, are spraying it around Walsh at uh, Coventry at the weekend. You could you could go through several several mm. players in this division. It's you know let's not start being a bit sort of, let's not start tipping our nose up at this division. That's um, 
It's a good point. If we have to get rid of the history as well, that means we have to rename this podcast. Because we are basically the kings of Anglia. We keep getting comments on our YouTube channel. It, went, change your name. Was like, oh. Of Anglia doesn't really strike, sound no, as good, does it? Pride of Anglia. We are entirely the kings because of what town have done in the past. Yeah. Uh, certainly not for what they're doing at the moment. Anyway, fifth and final point, Roscoe. Final identity, basically. I think, as you pointed out, we've got the season's over, but they're still, you know, they've got eight games to sort of mm. play you know, style of football. I think there's other teams who like Peterborough. They've got, I feel like they've got an identity. Even Oxford have really got an identity. How they play and just everything. Um, Rotherham as well. Mm. You know, they shit house one nils, but <laughs> I feel they're still, they've still got an identity yeah. and stuff. This is something you've you've mentioned a lot, Hutchie. The need for a, you know a, a settled system and a way of playing. Yeah, and that, <clears throat> that that for me is probably the biggest the biggest knock against Lambert. Um, in particular, for the uh, for the for the season, I think you you would really have hoped that there'd be a significant progress in that by mm. now. There are reasons for it, um, which we talked about an awful lot, haven't we? About about how the the four four two at the start of the season was a necessity because of injuries and the form of Jackson, and that maybe muddled things. But you would want over that over the piece, you would want you'd want your manager to kind of emerge mm. from that. They dabbled with wing backs, which at times have looked good. It's never it's never been. Never been something that I would have particularly liked, as I've said many times. Um, and it's kind of got to the point now where you've changed, chopping and changing, and, and mm. by the what is it now that ninth of March today, tenth, whatever it is. And I really, I was really hoping that, but that, but that by this point in the season, that identity would be here. But yeah. it's, I think the it's last not. two games, people have used the the right side as a bit of an example of the the muddled thinking that you played wing backs on Tuesday night and played. You stay at home right back, Genoa Danassian as a wing back. Then you go to four at the back on Saturday and you play winger Guion Edwards at right back. And, and Edwards was great, you know, so he might say he's vindicated in, in that. But it just didn't seem like you're trying to settle something, you know. Mm. You should have your team written down on paper, right? Option A is more than most, I want to play 4 3 3. This is my starting 11. This is my backup 11. If he's injured, he plays. It's not as simple as that. But in general, that that's your mother. And then if we go to wing backs, he plays there instead, you know. And it's at the minute you can't see any consistency to, to is the Gennoy, selection. Is Johnny injured because he wasn't no. in the eighteen? No, he he re- he very rarely makes the bench. Actually, yeah, okay. He's either he's, he's either he's starting, either starting yeah. matches or or jettisoned to sit in the stand for okay. three games, and then yeah. he'll come back in and be asked to start again. That seems interesting. So Roscoe, just let's review your five points. So you've got get rid of Chambers. Not gonna happen. No, but th- these are your points. So get rid of Chambers. Mm. What was the second one? Oh God, had him up. He's lost him. Or lost him you haven't deleted him, have you? <laughs> uh, scouting. So scouting. get rid of Chambers. Scouting. Improve the injury, injury list. Injury list. Um, we're not famous anymore. Accept the club's place. Yeah. And find an identity. So that, that's your five. Yeah. Let us know what you think about that. I'm particularly interested to know what people think about the Chambers debate because obviously even in this room, it's split probably two-two on the Chambers point of view. The other thing before we move on to the strike, I'm really interested in is. Where, what part? How do the fans approach this? It's really interesting because I see there's two very distinct camps, isn't there? You've got the the is it the five point protest thing I'm seeing that's um, coming out, uh, which is obviously we need to protest. It, we give the club t- too much of an easy ride. Um, we can't allow this to go on any further. And then you've got the people who say it's our club. We've got to support them. And you get the happy clappers kind of uh, accusation from the other camp. I find that really interesting because obviously. Supporters generally 
get behind the club. You pay your money. You take your choice. You have a right to say what you think about what's going on the pitch. But equally, I can see the frustration that's built up over this past 10 years um, and that coming out and the fans feeling as if they need to do something about it and protest in that way. So, where, I mean, where do you stand on the on the big fans conundrum? I think a football fan who, who pays their money can approach it however they like. Mm. I, I don't think that, it, you know, if, if that's what... If that's the way that you want to go, then then that that's a personal mm. that's a personal thing. There are some people that just enjoy enjoy going to watch football with friends and family, and and want to support the team, which is great. Mm. And there are others that that kind of take it upon themselves to 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 show their feeling towards the way that their their club is run, and mm. that's. And that's fine too. Uh, it, it does make me sad when kind of the infighting begins. That's what I yeah. name It does make me sad because everybody wants the same. Exactly. It's yeah. just different ways. People are different. It's just different ways of mm. uh, ways of expressing the same mm. the same thing. Yeah. That's any any thoughts on that, Stu? My thought is that. Ipswich Town fans have more than kept up their end of the yeah. bargain over a sustained period of, of time now. Yeah. And I think I heard Kieran Dyer again on the radio at the weekend saying if there's one group of people that you can't lay any blame at the door of, it's the fans. And I think we always talk about this sort of symbiotic relationship between the the, the fans and the players and who lifts who and... For me, it's got to the point where it's the onus is on the team to mm. lift the fans now. And people say the very definition, the very definition of supporter, is to support pe- support the team during the the tough times. That's when they need your support the most. But mm. it, the onus is on the the team to to lift mm. those fans at the moment. And um, you know, Saturday they got something from the team and they got a good response off the back of it. There was, you know, rules of encouragement every time they would going forward, come on Ipswich and a bit of applause at the end. But Tuesday night, it was because the team just didn't turn up. Mm. And so what 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 do you expect? Mm. Yeah, I mean, that, that for me is the thing, isn't it? Ipswich Town fans have been tremendous. You can't argue. And they deserve more than what they're getting at the moment, certainly. Uh, people talk about, oh, in the old days, people used to just turn up and you didn't have this vitriol and this hate and stuff. And then, you know, hark back to the sort of the blue tinted spectacles yeah. of the past but it's a different game now you know the, the disconnect between and I hate to talk about what players earn because it's not their fault but there's a big disconnect between the, the the average person that turns up and pays 30 40 quid more if it's a family of mm. however many hundreds of pounds in some cases and what what the players are earning on on the pitch and that's not the players fault and I feel sympathy for them but I think that's now where there's more of a demand from from what people expect when they turn up. They don't mm. just turn up and just think, well, it's a football match, we might win or lose, and we support our lads, and, and that's mm. it. It's it's changed, and I think that's you can mm. see that from top to bottom in football. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who it was, but I, I witnessed a, an argument at the weekend between a member of the Ipswich squad and some fans who were making that exact point, and it was all about money. The points they were making was all about mm. money and. Um, yeah, I think the player handled it very well, but it's a it's it's true, isn't it? There is a disconnect there in in terms of that. 
Mm, okay, uh, that's some very heavy conversation. As I say, let us know what you think about all of that and uh, and what you think is the way forward for Richard's Town uh, across all those points and more. Ross, yes. how are you feeling? Right. Can you lift us with some some halls related nonsense? Mm. If you if you do drop down from the <coughs> coronavirus, yeah. and um, sadly pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to think that the club would sort of honour your five-point plan. <coughs> yeah. yeah. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, okay. But yeah. to do that, you might need to quickly show us how to stop the podcast and save it. Otherwise, yeah. it would never be made public. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you could make it to the end, then... Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's your, it's your, an hour so far, so It's your yeah. time to shine, Ross. Lift us all, please. Hello and welcome to another edition of... The Strike! Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth, producer Ross! That's me. Things have changed. Or is this a new thing this week? The uh, computer involved I, now? I forgot to send it to my phone. Ah, okay. so I thought I'll just keep on here. Okay. So no looking, Stu. No looking. Yeah, stop trying right. to cheat, well, Stu. Stu. Classic Stu. Classic. Just- yeah. Marginal gains. Oh, to be fair, it's very of the font it size. It's very small, so maybe tiny. I'm can, struggling. Can to you? Be fair. Why don't you make it bigger? There we go. Uh, I was talking about we're not famous anymore, but I'm bringing course back. Blast from the past. Yes, as you do. Uh, good old Roger Osborne. It's his seventieth birthday. Today. Good old Rog. Today. Yeah, today. Happy maybe birthday, happy Roger. Happy Roger. Uh, of course, the FA Cup goal-scoring hero. Mm. It's a bit loud, down it? Bring it down a little bit. There you go. Uh, yeah, of course, he scored that one goal in the FA Cup. But how many goals did he score in 148 games for the Blues? Osborne. Closest, closest number. Wins the point. I've got no idea. I've got no idea either. I'm going to say... In how many games? 148. I'm going to say 33. I've got, honestly, I have zero idea. 14? I was going to go low. Uh, I'll go lower. 13. It's 10. Wow. Only 10 goals. Only 10 goals. Yeah. It's the equivalent of Cole Scoo scoring the Pretty winning much. goal in an FA mm. Cup final. <laughs> yeah, and the rest. <laughs> ten, in, 10 in 1 6 3. That's great. Yeah, that's a good That's, strike, a, right. that's a great return. Yeah. 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 Stu 1 0. Just one saying Stu 1 0. Sorry. Right. Time flashback. Uh, in 1982, Kevin Beattie was honoured with a testimonial match. I can't say testimonial. A what? Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? was honoured with a testimonial match. Yeah, nailed it. At, at Portland Road against which Russian team? Yeah. Dynamo e- Moscow, Spartak Moscow, or CSK Moscow? I was expecting more from that. Um, yeah, I was, I, I I was kept, wanting I kept like... Easy. Alani yeah. and Vladik Kavkaz. <laughs> oh, oh. nah. So basically three Moscow sides. Yeah, they, the game ended 2-2 if you want to Spartak. Do. I was going to say, oh, I'll do a different one. Um... I'll say Siska. The R, uh, the other one, I think. Dynamo. Yeah, Dynamo. You're correct. Dynamo. Oh. Get in. So Neil Stone. Stu copy. He, he looked, didn't he? Of course he did. Oh, sorry. You know, it's two, out, two, out of two, for the, two out of two for the man who had a little mm. peek. Who's closest to the answers? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Town beat nine Accusations five. flying left, right, and centre uh? today. Town what? Town sorry. Actually scored six goals in a game. Yes. In 2005, when they beat Nottingham <laughs> Forest. Port Road, but who scored a brace that day? Chef de Gucci, Darren Bent, or Tommy Miller? Sir Thomas of Miller. You probably at the game, weren't you? 
Uh, yeah, uh, I'm well, saying, I'm know, saying Tommy Miller. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> Tommy Miller. <laughs> Ross, you need to stop giving away that when someone says the correct answer. Yeah, well, I just... I just said you're at the game. You'll probably write the game. Yeah. I was at that game too. So it's 3-1-1. Three, 3-1-1. One, one. Three, one, one. And it's game. <laughs> <laughs> Say it with That's some it. passion, Ross. Yeah. That is passion. Numbers game. <laughs> it was a bit afterwards where you went, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brian Hamilton scored a hat-trick as Town beat Newcastle 5-4 at Portman Road in 1975. Mm-hmm. But how many goals did Brian Hamilton score in his 199 games for the Blues? He's got his phone out, isn't yeah, it? I've oh, got their phone out, they? got a message from my wife. Oh, no. okay, yeah, sure. Um, you can phone a friend if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I've got Brian's I'm going to phone Brian Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many games do you play? 199, so just missed that 200. Just miles. missed that 200. Oh. That second century. Boys, go on. Someone go first. I haven't got any idea whatsoever. Uh, I don't either. Stu, you're How leading. How many again? 199. Yep. Uh, I will go 26. <laughs> I'll go uh, 43. Oh, and I'll go somewhere in the middle. 32. 56. Oh. Stu's on fire. He's got a few hat-tricks, I think. We need three hat-tricks. 4-1-1. One, one. Yeah, there you go. You're 100%. The man... I think he is, yeah. Let's see how much he knows about Colin Healy, then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real test. <laughs> He's Irish as well. Um, Colin Healy was... Su- is it about being a sub-to-sub? No. Was that uh, Colin Healy? Good fact, though. He set up... Oh, actually, carry on. That might be the question. <laughs> that, that, isn't, that isn't the question. He, he, he set up Tamas Priskin's goal against. That came. Yeah, we've done that against Arsenal. Months, That's yeah. all I know about. Is Colin there any Healy. more Healy knowledge? Does there we'll need to be? He times forty this week. Uh, Good. How many games did he play for Town during his two-year spell at Portman Road? Colin Healy. Come on then, Stu. How much do you know about no, Colin? Colin Healy <laughs> played. Um, Colin Healy played thirty-four games. I'll go less than that. I'll go 29 games. I think he played less even than that. I think he played 21 games. 29. Oh! Dots. I know a lot about Colin Healy. Stu's, Stu's one. That's it. <laughs> that's that. That's, that's it. Crufts. Do you want a tie break just for the bands? Yeah. Uh, why yes. not? Shits and gigs. Mark Fish. Celebrates his 46th birthday this week. Uh, he, he played just one half of football for town yeah. after suffering injury mm. in his debut mm-hmm. for town against mm. QPR. Did he suffer an injury? I don't know. That's what yeah. just was terrible. Uh, I but think he was subbed off. He got yes. yanked off. But yeah, who replaced him? Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> this is the tiebreaker. How can this be a tiebreaker? Yeah. It's a tricky one. You've <laughs> <laughs> got, got three options. Yeah. Uh, Matt Richards, Fabian yeah. Wilness, or Castro Sito. <laughs> Sito Castro. Is that your answer? Um, Matt no, Richards. No, that's, no, I was just <laughs> yeah. saying that's his name. What if we all went for Matt Richards? How's that tiebreaker? Just we'll get a point. <laughs> that's not a tiebreaker. This is the other question I have on here. So uh, I'll go Fabian Wilness. Okay. Uh, I'll say Fabian Wilness as well because Hutch obviously knows. <laughs> it's Matt Richards. Oh! oh. Thank you. There we go. There we go, Stu. Congratulations. Thanks very much. Yeah. Play <laughs> some Barry? Yeah. We're waiting for Barry. Hi guys, Barry Cotter here. That was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross. Tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show. Thanks, Baz. Thank you very much. I think I did the job. And can I say, Ross, you're a true professional because you soldiered through... Oh, apart from that bit. <laughs> you soldiered through that like a trooper 
Well you entertained us all. You lifted our spirits after some very heavy chat. Good work. Boys, what else have I missed in my, uh, in my week away? Before we... A bird did a poo on my <laughs> phone. What? what? During the post-match interview at the weekend. That's good luck, isn't it? Um, we'll see. On you. No, it's normally on you, isn't it? Oh, is it? Whereabouts was your phone at the time? No, I was sitting in front of the south stand. I had my laptop on my legs. Yeah. My phone was next to me on one of the, the blue ramp that comes down by the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the lads who had been, I think he'd been working as a steward just went, uh, mate, um, a bird's just done a poo on your phone. <laughs> and it was just covered in white. Oh. So and you fell over in front of John Walk. You fell I, over in front yeah, of John Walk. Were you showing off again? No, there was an incident at the Fleetwood game. What? Come on. Po- forgot, yeah. Post-match. Um, it had been raining on Tuesday. Very wet. Yeah. The side of the of the pitch is banked um, by the south stand again. Mm-hmm. And I was off to up the bank, which is quite high for someone of my height. It's actually quite a high bank. <laughs> and I was, I, was, I was walking up it to go and uh, do the post-match interview with Joey Barton. Yeah. Which was interesting in itself. But on my way up the bank, I fell over, landed face first in the mud, and was absolutely caked in mud. As I <laughs> he really was. <laughs> like, all up my, I had to wash my face, all up my trouser leg, wasn't it? And I had to speak to Joey Barton, just covered in mud. I think he saw. <laughs> but yeah. And I, you think you'd smash the travelator? There's no water on a travelator though. Wow. I'd be wearing. I'd be wearing. I've started wearing boots to football boots to games now. Have you? And a tracksuit from now on. Yeah. Just to no. get up that bank. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if that was true. Uh, yeah. Anything else I've missed, boys? Stewie? Uh, I met Rick Wakeman. Ah, of course. I saw he tweeted. Into yeah. the ground, yeah. What on earth was he doing at town? He's uh, he's just moved to the uh, Shortley Peninsula. Ah. He's who is Rick an invited Wakeman? guest. I don't oh, know I who he is. Rick Wake. Well. well, it's before yeah. my time as well. He was a, he was a keyboardist in... Uh, is it yes? Yeah, uh, I don't Pro- know. Prog again, rock, 70s, it's rare, I It's rare I get to say this on this show, but um, again, he was before my time even. So What? Ex- exactly. He was like a TV <laughs> presenter, radio. Yeah, the, his the name gets chucked around at Portman Road. Like we're supposed to, uh, I didn't know who he was. How was Slick Rick anyway? Was he uh, in good spirits? He, yeah, he was all right. We had a little chat as he was going in. He used to be a director of Brentford. He was chatting about that and various Excellent. other things. How did, the, how did you come to talk to him? He was just walking in where we, where we walk in. Being accompanied by Mr. Milne. Was he? Uh, okay. With Milne, though? Milne yeah, still Ian still goes to what is the this? Games. What is this, Ross? It's the band, yes. Is it? Is this their, is this their big one, is it? Uh, their big one. Is that two million <laughs> hits on YouTube? So wow. Wondrous stories. Not bad at all. Keep this playing, Roscoe. I'll ask you about your driving. We've got the date. April, the, <laughs> April the 8th? Yeah, so less than a month now. Less than a month. How's it all going? I think it's going all right. The thousand pound test that you're you're going to take April the eighth. Yes. You said you were struggling a little bit with the clutch last time I spoke to you. Is that all? Huh? And he's just pointing just at the outfits on the. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what it is. Just keep, good. keep talking. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't get distracted. Uh, yeah, well, the clutch is getting there. I think. I just I'm rushing for some reason. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going around roundabouts and. Mm. You know, streets and stuff around Ipswich. I'm not rushing to get to an appointment. You just keep my. You're speeding looking. then? Is that what you're saying? speeding, but I'm just like rushing the clutch. I'm oh, like, okay. stuff like that. I'm being too forceful for it. I need to pat it. I have a little thing as well. I, when I change gear, I like, tap it and then. You tap it? I don't know why. It's just well a, done. It's a thing. That's pretty much. I don't know why I do it. He, he, um, Whitby mentioned it. He went, 
You keep tapping it. I, like, I don't know. I think it's just the safety blanket. I feel, like we, should, I feel like we should live stream the, the test. I think it'll be a little bit interesting that. Stay off the roads April the 8th in Ipswich. Um, boys, I felt like we needed a light end to what's been quite a heavy podcast. But is there any other business before we hit up the club? And I noticed last week you descended into 10-year-olds at the end <laughs> saying things like gardening. <laughs> the thing, and then going, <laughs> It was epic banter. Uh, any any other business? No. Other Does business. anyone want to bust out a freestyle over this this sick beat? Uh, no. Okay. Good. Do you? Uh, no, I do not want to do that. I don't know where it is. Oh no. Okay. Found it. Pour yourself a drink. Have a good start to the week, and we'll speak to you again on Thursday. Pour yourself a drink. Absolutely. That, I've been on holiday for a week, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still very much in that mind frame. Ross, have we got the club? Here we go. We straight in via VIP and the rest of the KOA army. I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We'll, we'll speak to you again on Thursday. Totally messed that up.